Evening. Welcome to our special meeting of the Board of Education for the Shawnee Mission School District and dated September 16th. Our first item of, agenda, uh, of business is the call to order and then we will begin with the Pledge of Allegiance. Please join us in the pledge. I pledge Thank you. Uh, before we seek a motion to adopt the agenda tonight, I'm going to ask a favor that we add one item to the agenda, and that is a report from the policy, uh, the policy committee at item 1.04, because I'd like to have us read the report and speak from the report of the, public, uh, the policy committee before we begin our public comment section. So with that, I'll uh, seek a motion to adopt this evening's agenda with the addition of a committee report at 1.04. So moved. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Dr. Sinclair. Second. Thank you, Mrs. Zila. All those in favor of adopting the agenda as amended, please say aye. 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 Those opposed, nay. And that's 7-0. Thank you. With that, we'll move to item 1.04, and I'll turn to Mrs. Goodburn, who has been chairing our policy review committee to give an update on the work that the policy committee has been doing. Sure. Mrs. Goodburn. Um, I think as everybody knows um, that we um, adopted a new strategic plan in June of 2019 after the community and patrons, parents, students came together and put together a strategic plan for us and we adopted that in June of 19. As part of that under, um, strat well let me just say the mission statement said something about a, an inclusive culture. Parameters, we will honor our diversity and treat each person with dignity and respect. The strategy um, number two is we, we will re relentlessly create a fully unified, equitable, and inclusive culture. And so two of the action steps, if you remember, under strategy number two were review, for the, review and consider revising board policy prohibiting discrimination to be more inclusive of race, color, national origin, sex, gender, disability, age, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, citizenship, economic status, and veteran status. Another strategy right under that was review and update all current board policies to identify and revi to identify and revise areas to ensure equitable and inclusive practices. So these two action steps in the strategic plan were specifically assigned to the superintendent and the board policy review committee once the final plan was adopted in, in June of 2019. So the board policy committee actually convened in March of this year and our first meeting was April 18th. Then if you fast forward to June of 19, uh, June 24th, I believe, is when we actually adopted that strategic plan. So we had a few things to do first uh, with this committee concerning um, our settlement with the ACLU. So we did that and have had some other policies to do. And, and um, at the time when we formed the committee, uh, policy committee. Um, I think we had stated that we would meet four times a year, a, min a minimum of four times a year. Well, we've met quite a few more times than that, I would have to say. But um, we first started talking about uh, looking at um, AC, the non-discrimination policy, back on June 24th. I think I mentioned it in my policy committee uh, update. Uh, it also was mentioned by uh, Dr. Sinclair at the August 12th meeting in my absence when I was gone. And then September 9th, we also um, mentioned it, I, I think I mentioned it in, the, uh, in my report as well. So we actually met on September 11th and um, reviewed a few policies, but then this one is the one that um, we are, are, are 
reviewing tonight. It was up for review tonight. So anyway, um, that's my committee meeting, my committee report. Would you mind lifting out the two or three sentences, if you, if you have that in front of you, that are being proposed? Uh, sure. I can do that right here. Basically, in the actual um, item, which is AC, which is our non-discrimination, um, it's under uh, board, board policy AC, which is under, uh, not, uh, anyway, doesn't matter. Um, we're adding basically two, uh, four words, um, sexual orientation, gender identity, up in the first paragraph. And then in the bottom paragraph, we're basically adding those, those words as well. And then um, changing, basically just changing the ordering of those words. And that, that's basically what we've done to mirror what is on the first paragraph. Do any of my other policy committee, do you guys have anything else to do? I was just going to say that the second sentence was the edits were just intended to mirror the first sentence. Right. right. So they're just identical in the same order. Right. Right. For consistency. Great. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I, we do have it as posted, but I do want to make sure that we referenced it um, okay. aloud in the meeting here as well. Uh, well, thank you, Mrs. Goodburn, sure. for your work on this committee, for your leadership on this effort as we bring this forward to the full board. I appreciate the time and energy from Mrs. Eel and Dr. Sinclair as well as we've been working very hard with our legal team to uh, develop the language that uh, matches now what we hold to be very important within our strategic plan. So thank you for that. Uh, with that, um, we will open up for public comment. We have uh, some folks that said they'd like to speak to us tonight, and that's the reason we wanted to have a special meeting. We wanted to make sure that this was something that would provide an opportunity with uh, focus on one item, and that's why we brought this group together today for our board meeting to speak specifically to this. And so I'll read them in the, uh, the folks' names in the, uh, the order which they were presented. Um, a real quick reminder of the guidelines and then we'll begin. And that is that uh, when making your mark, remarks, please proceed to the podium. When your name is called and share your name, city of residence, what school your children may attend if that's applicable, and name any group or organization that you're representing. Tonight we'll be limiting the comments to three minutes and Mrs. Wintering will have that time uh, showing on, this, on the on the clock here as well on each of the boards just so that we can state a task. In considering everyone's time, uh, we ask that if you're part of a group, you might have a group spokesperson speak on behalf of the common interests there. Written comments or materials will be accepted and should be provided to the board clerk. Many folks provided that to us today. We appreciate that. When making comments, we ask that you please stay behind the podium. And um, generally, there won't be responses from the board during public comment except for uh, clarifying questions. And uh, before that, I forgot to turn to Dr. Fulton. Were you going to make a comment on the policy that was brought forward as well before we begin as, as it relates to process? Yeah, I'll uh, provide a very brief comment. Um, first of all, there was great thought given to adding uh, sexual orientation and gender identity to our non-discrimination policy. It reflects current practice. We do not discriminate against staff or students based on any characteristic, and so this is consistent with what we already do. It's also consistent with what some neighboring school districts, specifically Olathe and Blue Valley, have in some of their uh, language as well. Okay. All right, with that, uh, our first speaker is uh, Wendy Bedetti. Welcome. Welcome. 
Hi, thank you. My name is Wendy Budetti and I live in Olathe. Um, I am a proud Shawnee Mission East graduate and I am the current policy coordinator for GLSEN Greater Kansas City. Um, GLSEN is committed to making sure schools are safe for all students. And I just want to thank the board and Dr. Fulton for calling this meeting to discuss the importance of adding LGBTQ inclusive language to your district's policy of non-discrimination. This is an important first step in updating your district's policies to protect your LGBTQ students, staff, and families. Students are most likely to reach their full educational potential in positive learning environments that are safe, secure, welcoming, and where they feel a sense of belonging. Research demonstrates that an affirming school climate leads to schools to improve behavioral, academic, and mental health outcomes for all students. Not surprisingly, schools promoting LGBTQ inclusive policies and learning environments have fewer student absences and greater improvements in academic achievement across grade levels. This initial step of updating your non-discrimination policy allows for your LGBTQ community to be seen by the district. Protection for access allows your students to feel more comfortable at school. Protection for employment creates an environment that benefits your staff and students. Teachers and support staff are the biggest influence on students and allowing your LGBTQ staff a safe working environment empowers them to be their authentic selves at school. It is vital to the success of LGBTQ students that they are able to see themselves and their teachers and for those non-LGBTQ students this may be their first or best opportunity to learn not just tolerance but acceptance for those who are different from them. Apart from students and staff this addition helps protect your LGBTQ families. Now maybe both moms or dads will feel more comfortable and welcome attending school activity nights. I've brought with me today our top eight policy recommendations from GLSEN. I think you guys all have a copy of that. Um, and I applaud you again for taking care of this policy item and look forward to working with all of you. Um, and the district staff on taking any next steps that you plan to do. Um, I would specifically suggest getting an enumerated bullying policy out there. And I've included some language in my packet on that as well. So thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it. Next up is Sally Flora. Welcome. Hi. Um, my name is Sally Flora. I'm a resident within the North Boundaries and also a member of the Mission City Council, though I'm here tonight in my personal capacity. Um, like Wendy, I just wanted to thank Dr. Fulton and the board for considering action on this important topic. I think it's really the right signal to send um, to all of our staff and students within the district. Even if, like Dr. Fulton said, these are already our aspirational goals, it's already always best to put that in our policy documents as well. Um, I would also appreciate it if the district would consider going one step further and encouraging action in the cities um, within the district boundaries that have not yet passed an NDO. Um, there's precedent for this if you look at the district's activism on the Tobacco 21 issue. And I think you can similarly say that district leadership is needed. Lenexa and Overland Park have not yet passed an NDO. And so I'd really encourage the district to consider that go one step further to protect your LGBT students and parents. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we invite Kathy Leverick. Welcome. Thank you. Hi, my name is Kathy Leverick. Uh, I'm a retired educator with five grandchildren in Shawnee Mission, raised three sons. They all attended Shawnee Mission schools. 
I am deeply grieved by the action you have taken this evening. I believe that every person deserves dignity and respect, which you had already pledged to your students and faculty. But you have now aligned yourselves with activist LGBT organizations, and they want much more than that. I wonder if you are prepared for that. Given that only 3.9% of Kansans identify as LGBT, school could be a very lonely place for these students. They could feel unhappy, disconnected, very vulnerable, big contributors to their high suicide rate. But activists adamantly oppose therapy that could improve mental health by finding a broader identity. Data indicate kids are actually put at risk when schools encourage them to identify themselves as gay or transgender at an early age. For each year, children delay labeling themselves as LGBT. Their suicide rate is reduced by 20%. Parents need to know that 80 to 94% of school-age kids who identify as transgender will grow out of their desire to change gender if parents and schools stop encouraging them to internalize and publicize their LGBT identities. That is a quote. I can give you the source later. Activists expect the families in this district to accept their construct regarding gender, excuse me, activists expect the families in this district to accept their construct regarding gender identity, which is that gender is separate from biological or natal sex and that any child could actually be in the wrong body. In the wrong body. Yet in standard medical and psychological practice, a child who has a persistent mistaken belief that is inconsistent with reality, such as anorexia, is not encouraged in his or her belief, but is encouraged to align their belief with reality. Reality. The movement will want you to accommodate all the gender non-conforming identities with pronouns. Facebook lists 51. Planned Parenthood includes cross-dressers and drag kings and queens and handouts are always available. They will expect new identity records for trans kids. Is that even legal in Kansas? They will expect our children to celebrate gay pride. And what about trans girls participating in women's sports and the obvious imbalance that creates, or the presence of a boy who identifies as a girl accessing women's locker rooms and showers? How will you protect children from making sex their identity? That's what the LGBT movement is all about. That's what they want to bring to Shawnee Mission School District. But human beings are more than that, so much more. You have put out the welcome mat to activist LGBT groups, and sooner or later, they will come knocking and demanding. Whatever have you done? Thank you for being here. We appreciate it. Next up, Brian King. Welcome. Thank you, and uh, good evening. Uh, I live in the Shawnee Mission North area, and my children attend Crestview Elementary. Uh, I'm here this evening to speak in support of the non-discrimination board policy to protect all LGBTQ students and staff with the same protections everyone else already enjoys. Uh, I am male, cisgender, heterosexual, and white. As such, I have never been the target of discrimination, and I want everyone to be able to live without the rational fear of being targeted. I have friends who are members of the LGBTQ community and when out with them in public places, I have glimpsed the hate that some people have for the LGBTQ community. 
Sometimes it's the cold-blooded calculated hate that argues for laws protecting a right to religious-based discrimination with public tax dollars or against a policy that would protect vulnerable minorities in the way that those of us in the majority are already protected. I refer to this as white-collar hate. It includes the managers of businesses who, lowering their voices, will politely ask us to leave when they notice, finally, that two men are holding hands under the table. The other kind of hate is the one that gets the most attention because the violence isn't cloaked in the arcane language of laws and bills to be passed. This hate is white hot, thirsting for violence and beyond reason. Three years ago, a friend of mine was published and had a book release party at a bookstore in Kansas City, Missouri, not far from his home. It was a well-earned celebration and after the bookstore closed, a group of us went down the block to a restaurant. After dinner, it was dark and we all headed our separate ways. My friend was on his way home when a group of men got out of a white SUV and began insulting him. It was clear from what they shouted at him that they were targeting my friend because of his status as a member of the LGBTQ community. My friend stood still and said nothing. These men started hitting my friend in the face and he fell to the ground injured. Two or three of us who were about half a block away uh, saw this and we started walking towards the confrontation as it all began to heat up. When the violence started, we ran over, and all we could do was get my friend out of there. Now, we cannot guarantee that any law or policy will prevent what happened from ever happening again, but that's not where the story ends. Because as we got my friend away from the men attacking him, half carrying him, I turned to see the attackers getting back into their SUV. They walked casually, even paused to chat for a minute, and they never seemed worried that someone would note their license plate, and then they casually drove off. They already knew they were safe from prosecution, but I didn't know that yet. We called the police and the dispatcher just simply wasn't interested. We asked for a police response, but none ever arrived. This is where non-discrimination ordinances and policies make a difference. Not in magically ending hateful thoughts, but in prosecuting the violence and discrimination that arises from that hate. If we strip away the shield of immunity the attackers and bullies of this world enjoy, if they are as vulnerable to prosecution or discipline as the people they target, if the bullies and attackers don't have what amounts to special protections to do violence as they please to the LGBTQ community, then the LGBTQ community will be safer. Mr. Kuhn, I'll ask you to wrap up. Sure. Uh, I use this example of what happened to my friend not because it and similar incidents of violence are common, but because they also are not given justice along with the far more common incidents of white-collar hate and this unreported bullying. It begs the question for our district, what if this had been a student in SMSD? Thank you for your comments. That We'll have to wrap up there. Thank, Thank you, you very much. We appreciate that. Lucas Cherry. Welcome. Thank you. Good evening. Thank you to each board member who is working to establish policies around the safety and well-being of our children. Uh, I live in the Shawnee Mission School District, and my wife is a, school is a school teacher here in the district as well. We don't have children yet, but look forward to having children in the district. Upon hearing of the policy change, I personally launched into an in-depth review of every one of the district policies and board appendix and forms. Thankfully, through the website, it's, it's really cool. You can actually go and pull source code of the whole database and do keyword searches to see how many times um, terms are used throughout the hundreds of policies through the district. I was impressed by the attention to detail and the focus on education that this board has taken in writing the existing policies. The commendable, um, this precedence that has been set has played well through the through the school district. As I moved here three years ago, I was excited to be a part of a district that's been ranked so highly among the nation. 
While each board member is an individual and has their own personal beliefs, as do each of us, the commendable precedence of this board has been to focus on educational matters and abstain from endorsing po particular political or social issues. I saw this very clearly as I read through every single one of the policies of this district. After reading through the documents, I learned that today's proposed policy change is the first time in the district history that we've looked at any, adding anything around sexual orientation or gender identity to any of its formal documents. This was important to me as I knew that this was a precedent shift for our district. As I did more research, I found that while it is not the district's policy to regulate personal expression of beliefs or opinions, it's also not been historically the district's policy to endorse or align with this particular special interest group's expression within the structure of school. It may appear that this change to the non-discrimination policy is benign. However, if the board votes today to include this language, the pol policy will be used as a reference point for all future decisions around gender, identity, and sexual expression. I know that one of the key uh, components of the strategic plan is to launch new transgender initiatives in athletics, locker rooms, and bathrooms. This is very concerning to me as I plan to have uh, multiple children, probably have some daughters in the district and that their safety is important. This policy change is very important and we must get it right. According to the agenda, this is the first, the final reading, and the vote on a landmark decision of the district. My request is that the district would take the time the policy committee just met five days ago to review this policy and I believe it is a material shift of our district and I would ask that as you can see here tonight there's a large representation of us that just found out about this last minute and we would request that the, that the decision is tabled, the vote is tabled for appropriate discussion among our community around these important decisions that impact the longevity and future of the organization. Thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. We appreciate that. Next up is Rivers Parton. Rivers Parton. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you to each board member. I appreciate each of you and your willingness to serve in this often thankless and unpaid position for the good of students in Shawnee Mission. My name is Rivers. I live in Overland Park and I have four kiddos in the district, three at Pawnee Elementary and one at Westridge. I'm here this evening because over the last year I've become increasingly concerned about the way topics of human sexuality are being handled in our elementary school specifically, without parents being informed and without parental consent being obtained. Last year I corresponded with our building principal over the course of a four-month time period regarding books in a fifth grade classroom that address topics on human sexuality and promote a very specific sexual ethic. These books were offered as reading group book choices without any parental consent or parents being informed for the majority of the school year. I was told the following from the building principal. In retrospect, we should have sent home some type of notification regarding the nature and the content of the story, similar to what we do for growth and development each year. However, there is not a specific form on the district level for that at this time. This school year, my sixth grade daughter's classroom was read the book, It Feels Good to Be Yourself, a book on gender identity. No parent information was sent home or request for consent went home regarding this book whatsoever. My question for you this evening regarding these matters are, what district policies are guiding the process of book selection regarding books that address human sexuality and promote specific sexual ethics in the classroom? How are teachers being trained to introduce, teach, and follow up on these complex topics? 
In the state of Kansas, parents have a right to know and consent or not consent to these topics regarding human sexuality and sexual ethics being discussed in the classroom for their own children. How is the board ensuring that these parents' rights are being protected? My most recent concern is regarding the t-shirt that my West Area District Representative Laura Guy is wearing this evening. My 11-year-old was asked by a Shawnee Mission School District employee to wear this shirt today. My child was faced with the choice of wearing a shirt with a clear representation of Gilbert Baker's design of the pride flag on it that would violate the conscience of her parents' beliefs. It felt overwhelming to me that she would be faced with this decision. I think the weight of this decision is far too crushingly heavy for a child. Sorry. Through tears, as she expressed to me that she did not want to wear this shirt, but also did not want to be viewed as unloving or a good member of her leadership team in her school, I was forced to explain to my child that I would not be allowing her to attend school today. Disappointingly so, my daughter missed a day of instruction and learning and my efforts to protect her from what I believe would have been an unsafe and emotionally unhealthy environment for her to be in today. Not physically unsafe, but emotionally unsafe. <laughs> my daughter's next question should never be asked by a Shawnee Mission School District student. She said, Mom, my teacher who designed this shirt, you're saying this means that she loves everyone, right? And I told her that, yes, I believe that's the motivation for the design of this shirt. Ms. Barton, we'll ask you to wrap up, please. Thank you. Well, she asked, do you think that that includes me? Do you think, even if I don't wear this shirt, that I will be included and loved by this beloved teacher. I would like to plead with the board to please immediately remove this t-shirt and any depiction of a pride flag from a school-sponsored and purchased t-shirt design. As a district, our spirit wear, marketing materials, and so on should be non-political and non-polarizing and be a fair representation of all of our students. Thank you very what much. I, what I believe, your comments, Mrs. Parton. What Thank I believe... You. This is only fair to everyone else who's in line, but we appreciate and we hear your comments. Thank you very much. Each board member has a copy of it. Thank you. Next, I bring up Rose Geringer. Rose Geringer. Welcome. Good evening. My name is Rose Geringer. I live in Merriam. I have a grandson attending Merriam Park Elementary, and we've lived in our house for 20 years. It's part of the Shawnee Mission North attendance area. Um, as Dr. Fulton mentioned, uh, the dis district does not discriminate, and that's exactly what we want. We don't want to have discrimination. We don't want to have protected classes of citizens. I feel strongly that expanding the non-discrimination policy is unnecessary and in fact harmful for the whole community. I believe that the proposed policy will create the need for more policies and procedures to safeguard women and children in our community. I have family friends, co-workers, and neighbors that choose alternate lifestyles. Their preferences and desires to identify with certain groups should not affect school policies. To codify fluid gender preferences, that's harmful to our children and to our families. Special rights based on sexual orientation and gender identity jeopardize parents' rights to safeguard their children's innocence. We should not expose young children to teachings about sexuality and gender that they are too young and ill-equipped to handle. This policy is based on theories and ideology, not reason or science. 
I work in clinical research. We do science based on gender, and there are only two. I have friends who have children who are medically discriminated against in this district. They are unable to participate in home education um, programs that you guys have because they have spent so much time in the hospital. Why is medical not one of the categories that you're putting in this ordinance or policy? I hope you will not approve the policy based on the one half of 1% of Americans that identify as transgender. And certainly do not capitulate to the ACLU. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Next up, we invite Jacob Moyer. Jacob Moyer. Okay. Hi. My name is Jacob Moyer, and I am a representative of Equality Kansas of Metro Kansas City, but I'm putting that aside. Um, I'm not coming here as a lobbyist tonight. I'm coming here as a student who went to Marion Park Elementary School, Hawker Grove Middle School, Shawnee Mission North High School, and graduated two years ago in 2017. I'm openly gay, and I went through many things in those schools that made me not appreciate who I was. I hurt while I was in high school. And it wasn't because I was confused about who I was. It wasn't confu I, I wasn't confused about anything. I wasn't confused about my gender. I educated myself so I could help my friends who were trans. I educated myself to help my other friends who were queer. I educated myself because I wanted to be accepting. Okay? And the people that really hurt me the most, the people that made me go through suicidal thoughts while I was in high school, the people that made me want to self-harm, those were the people like, like these. Please stay with the subject. Of sure. This. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Those are the people who, who did not accept me, who did not educate themselves, who came and said things against policies like these because they didn't know me, because they're not gay, and they're not trans, and they haven't had the experiences I've had, which upsets me because that is ignorance. And I thank you, school board, for educating yourselves, and for taking a step forward, and for saying we stand with the students who have hurt and who are hurting. That you have educated yourselves shows a lot of maturity. So thank you for doing that. And for those of you who are listening who haven't done that, please talk to someone who is gay. Talk to someone who is trans. Learn what that means. Learn what it means to be an outsider and to be someone who might be confused about themselves and is figuring themselves out or is, or is very confident in who they are but is just different and, and is, is ridiculed and, and lies are made up about them. That's why we need bullying policies. That's why we need anti-discrimination policies. This isn't about sex. This isn't about sexual anything. This is about accepting people regardless of who they are, who they love, or who they identify as. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Next up is Jane Clark. Jane Clark. Welcome. Thank you. My name is Jane Clark. I've lived very close to this school, this building, at least where the school was here, since 1963. I had four boys. 
and we have loved living in Johnson County, but I did take my boys out of the public school when the oldest one finished seventh grade at Milburn because I saw policies happening then that I can't believe 40 years, I'm back here again. Same thing, only change the names. And I really ask you people that we do not need a special policy for special people. If you have a bullying problem, take care of that. That's a behavioral problem, we can take care of that. But we don't need a blanket policy to cover 100% of what's going on when it's a few, a very small percentage. Uh, I just think that when we have precedent set, then you see it happen clear across this nation and it's not been good for our country. And just because something is made legal does not make it right. It's not wholesome, it's not upright, it's not good, it's not good for every individual and it's not good for the country. Um, I do have great-great-grandchildren in the district now and I dare say they are affected by this. But we are trying to teach them that they be kind to everybody and accept them. But we don't need a blanket policy that you're trying to put on the people now. And I do agree that one meeting is not enough. There was not enough conversation and not enough notice about this. I found out about it this morning on the news. And that is just not adequate. And I'm here representing grandparents, great-grandparents, and many people who could not be here for various reasons. And I beg you not to pass this tonight, but to have further discussion on it. If it's a medical problem these people have, let my tax dollars go to help them. But don't be blowing it on something special that we don't need and don't want. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Next up is Rachel Cherry. Welcome. Thank you. Good evening. I'm Rachel Cherry. I teach third grade at a local elementary school, Pawnee, and I live in Lenexa. So school board members, as an elementary teacher in the Shawnee Mission School District, I do want to thank you for your service to our staff, students, family, families, and community members. I really appreciate what you do. I want to stand with Rivers Parton regarding an incident, or actually an event, that took place at my elementary school. This past Friday, a white shirt I know Laura is wearing it, but I want you guys to see also a white shirt <clears throat> with a rainbow heart was delivered to all staff and sixth grade leadership team students in our building. I was honestly shocked and immediately recognized the subliminal message being communicated by the rainbow um, within the heart. The rainbow was once a symbol of childhood innocence, but it has since been turned on its head by our culture as a political symbol to represent gay pride and endorse a sexual ethic. And it's a sexual ethic that I do not stand in agreement with. If it was a heart and a rainbow simply for the sake of a rainbow, I would happily wear it. It's cute. But if I wear this shirt and others see it, the immediate message being communicated will be that I stand for gay pride. I want to take pride in my school, not in a political position or a sexual ethic. It is not fair for our school leadership to brand our school's stance on homosexuality. We were never surveyed or asked about the issue. We did not get to see the shirts before they were printed. Student council leadership team parents were not informed and did not give permission for the administration to clothe their children in attire that is highly controversial. They were just simply handed to us. 
When I approached my school leadership today, actually, with the issue, he claimed that the shirt represents inclusivity. But I disagree. This shirt actually excludes those who stand for marriage between one man and one woman. It upholds the gay lifestyle over the heterosexual lifestyle. Would the school distribute a shirt to staff and students that promotes traditional marriage between a man and a woman? I don't think so. I was told I do not have to wear the shirt, and I did not today, as many of my staff members did, and I do not plan to. However, if others in my building still wear the shirt, and parents and community members, I have many folks here from Pawnee today, um, if they associate it with my elementary school, then by default I will be branded with this promotion of the gay lifestyle. I understand that the district wants to be inclusive, and I do too, but not at the expense of my beliefs. I am responsible for loving all students and providing them with an exemplary education, and that is my mission every single day. If we are striving to become an inclusive district while actually excluding those who stand for traditional marriage and the historically and biologically held belief that there are only two genders, male and female, then we are no longer an inclusive district. That said, I would like it removed from my school. And with regard to the agenda, I would at least like to say, I know my time's almost up, but we are a data-driven district. Where is the data for this? Has it been communicated to the people? Have we actually talked to other districts who have implemented this policy? Have we considered um, people who are experts in sexual issues? Do people know what's going on? Have we taken the time to do the adequate research and talking to the correct and appropriate people and kept the community informed? I found this from Laura Guy's Facebook. Thank you very much for your comments. We appreciate it. So thank you. That. I would appreciate it if you would table this conversation for another date so more people can be informed. Thank, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Next up is Rob Munyon. Rob Munyon. My name is Rob Munyon. My kids attended Shawnee Mission Schools. Thank you for the opportunity to be heard. And thank you for all that you all do. You know, listening to these comments tonight, it is clear that there's been a lot of hurt in the LGBTQ community. And this is a tragedy and completely unjustified. This policy discussion tonight is about adding language of gender identification to the school's discrimination policy. I do not want any group to be discriminated against, including LGBTQ students or anybody else. All people groups deserve dignity and respect. Our schools currently take the position that it is unjust for LGBTQ children to be mistreated, and that's exactly the way it should be. Thank you for taking that position and keep up the good work. However, I have serious concerns about the language to this policy. One concern is the way it argues for allowing boys to compete on girls' sports teams where they often have an incredibly obvious unfair advantage. Another concern is the language could open the door to unsafe practices such as letting boys use girls' bathrooms or locker rooms. I have a five-year-old granddaughter. Imagine a sixth grade boy using the same bathroom as a kindergarten girl. Or imagine a high school boy using the same locker room and showers as the girls after track practice. 
For those who assert this is not about allowing males or females access to restrooms or locker rooms of the opposite sex, and it's not likely to happen, it has happened over and over. Examples include Gloucester County, Virginia in 2015, Palatine School District in Chicago in 2015, Arcadia Unified School District in California 2013. For us to allow males to use female locker rooms and expose our kids to these dangers would be unconscionable. What planet are we living on? We do not need to add language that creates potentially abusive and unsafe conditions for our children. So my question for the school board is how would you protect not just the LGBTQ students, but also the vast majority of other students if you're making these kinds of changes? Thank you again for your time. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Next up is Zachary Ball. Welcome. Hi. Uh, my name is Zachary Ball. Uh, I live in Overland Park. Um, my little girl is not old enough for me to think about uh, what school she's actually going to be attending um, or, or portion of the district she's in. Um, but as a dad, um, this policy deeply concerns me. Um, it concerns me for a number of reasons. Um, one, I think uh, teachers that have standards and values um, that are more traditional are going to be driven away from the district. Good teachers, teachers that like Rachel, who, who, who love their children, who care about each and every one of them, um, are going to be tempted to, they're going to be push, pushed away, and it's going to open the door for a potential tax on them later on. Um, a similar case has happened at Shawnee State University with a professor who didn't use the proper pronouns with an individual in their class um, and tried to make amends that didn't work. Um, it concerns me on that front, on an educational front, lose, losing good teachers or the potential there. Um, it also concerns me um, about what what will be presented to my daughter, especially especially listening to some of the other people present earlier, um, allowing things presented to them before she has an opportunity to understand exactly what's going on, and things that are contradictory to the values that uh, myself and her mother hold dear. Um, I just want to let you know that I disagree, disagree with the uh, language and the policy that you're moving forward with, and I ask that you would postpone it and allow for more conversation, and I do appreciate the time. Thank you for being here. Next is Stephanie Ball. Welcome. Thank you. Just here. <laughs> um, I'm Stephanie Ball, and this is my daughter, Zoe Ball, and I live in Overland Park, so I'm part of the Shawnee Mission School District. Zoe is nine months old, so she's not part of the Shawnee Mission School District yet, but um, when she is coming of that age, we'll have a decision to make. Um, as a mom, and thinking about my daughter growing up in this culture, in this time, right now, um, I'm very saddened by this language that you are wanting to implement into the policy. Um, first of all, I'm very upset or disappointed at the lack of communication for this meeting in making such a monumental change. I don't feel that there's been enough um, awareness spread to the public to gather um, enough views, enough public comments to make some kind of a change um, that has not been adequately broadcasted in my opinion. 
Um, and then secondly, thinking about my daughter going into the school district and being faced with, um, yes, I want her to show kindness to people, but having these types of topics presented or, for example, the shirts given to her, um, I don't feel that the staff have been adequately um, versed on how to handle those things. And I definitely disagree with the policy. I think it's an issue of safety, um, agreeing with a prior comment about using the bathrooms and having the fluidity there. I think that this um, policy change, although it may seem somewhat small right now, I think it's opening the door for a huge slippery slope and a lot of issues. And I ask you to please reconsider and take more time and actually hold a meeting and publicize it um, more prominently to get an adequate um, adequate audience from your school district. Thank you very much for your time and your service. Thank you. Next is Barbara Mees. Welcome. Thank you. My name is Barbara Mees. I live in Overland Park. I have three grandchildren in Shawnee Mission School District. My points have already been made, so I will not repeat them, but I'm just very concerned that this policy is being rushed through. I think there needs to be more um, conversation, more research. I'm against this policy. Please rethink what you're doing. Thank you for being here. Appreciate that. And that concludes the public comment section. And by all means, we appreciate everyone's comments today. Thank you very much for being here. Um, as noted, uh, we can turn to the superintendent if he has any comments regarding that before we move to the next item. Yeah, I just want to thank, um, again, all of you for your public comments. And we take all of them, each of them, to heart. You know, one of the things that uh, we want to be very careful about is ever being in a position where we're discriminating against anyone. That's why it's called a non-discrimination policy, and that applies to everyone, right? And so that's one of the things that we weighed carefully as we thought about inclusion in this non-discrimination policy so that no attribute would be the cause of discrimination in our district. And so uh, I want to thank you again for your comments, and I'll turn it back to right. Board President Strand. All right, thank you. Um, our next item is um, under the action area, and I'll, I'll turn to Mrs. Goodburn to uh, make a motion on behalf of the committee, and then, assuming there's a second, we can begin the discussion. I move for approval of action item 3.01. Second. It's been moved and seconded. Um, I'll turn to board members uh, for comments, if you would uh, raise your hand. Comments and or questions. Yes, Mrs. Owsley. Um, I have uh, amendments. So the policy, um, should I bring it now at this time or after some discussion? Sure. No, let's go ahead and do that. We've got a motion on the table and a second on that motion, and uh, so feel free to make a, an amended motion. Okay. Um, I have just three little nitpicks, and I'm going to explain them. Um, the first is in the first paragraph where it says, um, neither the Board of Education nor any employee of this school district shall illegally discriminate on the basis of race, creed, religion, color, etc., etc. I um, am moving we strike illegally um, because the jurisdiction of the district, we are our own jurisdictional entity um, as set out under the Kansas Constitution. And so whether or not a jurisdiction outside 
of the school district finds an activity to be illegal or not does not impact whether or not we think that it is in line with policy or not. And so m my reading of it would say, nor any employee of the school district shall discriminate on the basis of race, creed, religion, color, national origin. So it's just saying the district's policy is setting out under district policy what classes we do not want to be discriminating on. Um, this relates back to the fact that at the federal level and at the state level, um, protected classes do not include the LGBTQ community, and so there isn't any other umbrella there to make it illegal. It's just what's laid out in board policy. Um, and then my other two nits are in front of the words um, statutorily prohibited basis, so any other statutorily prohibited basis. So that is found in the first paragraph, and it's also found in the last paragraph in the second to last sentence. Could we move this up on the screen, please? Sure. Thank you, Mrs. Wintering. Um, lots of non-discrimination clauses and other policies don't necessarily include the word other when you're referencing any statutorily prohibited basis. The reason that language is included is so that if another protected class is added to statutory language at another level, at the federal level, which is applicable to us, that would be a catch-all to include that. By including the word other, it would indicate that the other protected classes within the clauses contained immediately prior are also statutorily protected. And in this instance, the LGBTQ community is not. And so by striking the word other, you're making sure that you're just saying you're still grabbing that umbrella of other classes that are protected under statute that may be included in the future, but you're also, um, by eliminating other, just saying, we're referencing our, the protected classes as previously listed and then any statutorily prohibited ones instead of the inference that the other classes previously listed are also protected under statute. Wait, could you say that last sentence again? <laughs> Sorry. Sure. Uh, so the qualifier other there could be read or interpreted that the previously listed protected classes are also protected under statute. When you say any other statutorily protected classes, it says it's it's a reference to indicate that the previously listed classes here in the paragraph are also protected by statute. And in this particular instance, it's not that's not the case because the LGBTQ community does not have protected right. class status at the federal level. Right. And so, I still want to include all statutorily prohibited bases, but I don't want to give the inference that all of the protected bases previously listed in that sentence that. I don't want to give the impression that there's a qualifier that you have to be protected under federal statute in order for this policy to hold, if that makes sense. All right, thank you. Um, additional, so I'd ask you to make a mo well, let's see, is it two words? Is it essentially the word illegally in the first paragraph and other in the last paragraph? Is that what it, you're other proposing is listed to strike? Twice. Other is listed twice. So striking illegally, so that's one word, and then striking other in the first paragraph and other in the second paragraph. So it's th a three word change. All right, now I'll ask you to put that in the motion to amend. Okay. I, I have a motion to amend with those three words. Being struck from the proposed? Correct, being struck from the proposed language. All right, um, is there a second to the motion? Second. Thank you, Ms. Reverend Guy. Uh, additional questions now regarding the uh, amendment, just the strike of these three words is all we're talking about right now. Any questions or clarifications on this proposed amendment? 
Yes, Mrs. Mack. I just um, wonder what the members of the policy committee think of the amendment, and then I have a question for Mrs. Owsley. I'll begin with Mrs. Goodburn. Uh, you want my vote? Or? No, no. Just, uh, <laughs> was, was this something discussed at the committee level? No. Thank no. you. Dr. Sinclair. Um, I, I appreciate Ms. Um, Owsley's um, perspective from an attorney lens. I'm just wondering, do we need a review of um, uh, in-house counsel, or are we... I mean, did. you know, because the intent, if our intent, if this is an alignment, this feels like it's an the rationale is an alignment, is in alignment with the intent, I believe, of discussions of the policy committee. So I'm just asking, is that, I mean, I look at this from an educator's perspective, not a, an attorney lens, so I appreciate the clarification. Sure. Mrs. Owsley asked me about these two, about illegally and other, mm -hmm. and we had our in-house counsel review that, and it doesn't it doesn't cause a substantive change in meaning. In other words, the meeting stays the same and as, in right. as intended. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Hila, did you have your hand up? Um, no, I didn't. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Then that's fine. So any other questions or comments regarding the um, proposed amendment to the proposed language change regarding the word, striking the word illegally once and other twice? Yes, Mrs. Mack. It's really just clarifica clarification. Sure. Um, there's no opinion in this at all. This is just me asking Mrs. Owsley. So basically, um, I mean, it's, it is uncommon for the word illegal to be in any kind of language, policy language. Okay. Um, so I, I understand that. So basically, I just want to be clear that people understand that, that our policy is going beyond what we currently have at the state and federal level. So we are creating protected classes. So basically, by striking the word other, we're actually being more inclusive as far as um, protected class or classes that we are um, um, that we, we are actually creating classes of protected persons. With a board policy. Correct. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Other questions on the... Now yes, I Mrs. Zila. Yes. on that. So including the word other leads to future groups that might be included in this? No. It does not. Um, okay. So the other is actually referencing statute. So it's saying any other statutorily protected classes. And so it leads the inference that the previously listed classes in the sentence are all protected under statute by saying any other statutorily protected classes. And These so when you statutorily protected right, the two we're adding aren't statutorily protected. So to eliminate the indication that they are to strike other because then it's just any statutorily protected classes and you're bringing in any that could be added in the future, but you're also eliminating the inference that the two previous are already protected. Does that make sense? I hope I'm explaining yes, this well. I think I got it. Okay. Thank you. Other questions on the amendment? I have a comment. Yes, if I Mrs. Zila. Um, when we were discussing this policy, truly it was more of a, um, I mean, it's, it's two words that are included in there. Doctor, according to Dr. Fulton, this is our practice. We try to make all kids welcome in this district and try to accommodate them as best we can. Um, I, I don't see it reach far-reaching. I don't see the door opening. It just is like a non-bullying policy in my in my perspective of addressing this this policy that we don't discriminate them. I'm not sure how that plays with locker rooms and restrooms. I know that's something that we address as best we can individually, 
on an individual basis. Um, and I just want to make sure we're speaking to just three words right now. Oh. To the amendment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Nope. Sounded I, like you were talking about the entire. I am document. talking about the entire. Yeah. Okay. I didn't policy. want to confuse that part up. Okay. Uh, any other questions about the three words, the illegally, the other, and the other, in the form of that's been put forward as a, uh, a motion and a second to amend? Seeing none, uh, all those in favor of the amended language as presented, please say aye. Aye. Those opposed, nay. And the amendment to this proposed policy has passes 7-0. And now I'll turn back to the full document as a whole, and I'm going to get right back to Mrs. Elon. I, I think I said what I wanted to okay. say there. But um, it's just that this was just an inclusive policy so that no one feels discriminated against within our schools, that our students feel safe. Okay. Other board members, questions for clarification or comments about the proposal? Uh, Reverend Guy. Um, I guess since I was referenced uh, during public comment, I should uh, explain that I first saw this t-shirt on a tweet uh, from some Pawnee staff last week when they were here getting the deep equity training, which was again part of our strategic plan. And uh, I just thought it was a great representation of a district who is looking to have deep equity with all of our students, to welcome all of our students, to make sure that they feel safe, that they have the same opportunities. Um, and uh, I just, I, it just made me happy to see it. So when uh, they said that they had an extra one, I was very happy to take it and to wear it. Pawnee was the school where my kids went, and I have a special heart for that school. Um, but on a personal note, I think this policy is important because in my uh, profession as a pastor, I've spoken with many people who identify as part of the LGBTQ community, and I have heard heartbreaking story after heartbreaking story of what they endured growing up and being told that they couldn't be who they are. Um, and many of them had depression, had suicidal thoughts, and um, I don't want any of our students to feel that way. I don't want them to feel like school is not a safe place for them to be or that they can't be their authentic selves. And so um, I'm, I'm happy that we're having this conversation. I understand there are different viewpoints on this, um, that people feel differently about this. But um, I'm thinking about our students and um, that maybe don't have a lot of support, and I want our schools to be that place of safety, that place of support, so that they can become all that they can be and learn what they want to learn and have the education they deserve. Yes, Mrs. Mack. Um, at Mr. Stratton, I want to be mindful. It is 5.58, 5.59, and we have another meeting here at 6.30. Um, and I do have a couple of questions, so I don't know if you want to take action at this time. Go okay. ahead. Well, my first uh, question is um, I would like to ask leadership um, about the timing of this. It does seem that this is, this is happening very quickly. It is a first and final reading as presented. Um, and, um, you know, we already meet two meetings a month, and now we're having a special meeting on this. So I just wanted to offer that up and um, ask for an explanation for, about that, please. Sure, I'll speak to that. Um, as Mrs. Goodburn outlined, that uh, in the creation of our committee system, which we have a, a board policy review committee, as she outlined, this has been something that's been in the works for, for quite a bit now. 
Um, it has not been at this board table, I acknowledge that, but uh, the idea was to have the board members spend some time along with working with research, or with legal, to research the background on this. Um, they spent multiple meetings, as she said, discussing it, and we've been apprised of that with updates uh, at each of our meetings. No, we were not apprised to the actual specific language, but we were apprised of the work of the committee. Um, each of our meetings, especially as the school year begins, um, are very full. And so uh, after discussions about what the agendas would look like over the next couple of months, combined with the fact that uh, this is a very high priority item, meaning our community's been approaching us for, for quite a bit of time on this, and so we thought we'd give it uh, focused attention and, and provide a, a special meeting just for this discussion here so it doesn't get lost in any other regular board meeting that might take place. Uh, I hope that helps. It does. Other questions? Um, yes, I have another question, and that it, it comes actually from the public comment um, that we've heard tonight. I don't, I knew nothing about the T-shirts. The we've had an, um, a very major issue in our district before about political statements um, that could possibly divide staffs, et cetera, like that. Um, and I know that we do have policy specifically on political statements by staff members. And Dr. Fulton, I didn't. I'm looking at you to possibly. Um, talk about that as well, because I have, I have a real concern about that. And if I could step in just for a second. Absolutely. And, and want to clarify that, that, is that germane to this? I know we're speaking to the public comment piece. Would that be better answered after we finish the debate on this, this particular? That would be the chair's call. Yeah, I'm going to ask that we answer that one after the debate on this, that we stay with the focus of the document and the language in this document. Okay, then let me, the follow-up question to that would also be about books as well, because we also have policy regarding if, if there are complaints about books and materials that are given, we have policy for that. So if you wouldn't mind addressing that as well. We do. We have a, uh, when it comes to concerns about books, we do have a formal procedure that's used. If somebody has a complaint, they can make that complaint known and then there's a procedure that we follow to help work through their concern and try to resolve it. The, the, the final comment that I would have, uh, Mr. Stranton, is that, um, and, I, and I look to our communications department, um, because it is very difficult, I think, sometimes for people to understand how board docs works and it's hard to get into the meeting sometimes and I'm hopeful that in the future that, um, and, and maybe it's just me because I'm not very technically, <laughs> technology oriented, um, when people can go to our website that it would be a little bit easier to access our agendas um, and um, I, my, my concern tonight is um, about the communication, um, the, the quick communication um, about this policy, um, not in of not in of the policy itself, and um, I wanted to make that very very clear. That to me, this seems really rushed um, for a first and final reading. So that's my comment. Thank you. Other questions or comments, Mrs. Zila. I just have one more, and that is, um, Dr. Fulton. I will turn to you as far as like, what is is this very much in keeping with what Olathe and Blue Valley have put forth because they already have inclusive policies, I think. It is in keeping. Um, both have sexual orientation and gender identity in their policy structure. Right. Okay. And I would just say that for the policy committee, it didn't seem like a huge shift in, in policy. It was just adding more inclusiveness. So I didn't, I think that's why the first and final reading, it was like, well, that's what all we have to talk about. So, or change, identify as change. Thank you. Other board members? Mrs. Goodburn. I would add that also um, we have 
policy language that was given to us from KCK to Peak. It's not just Blue Valley and Olathe. And actually, DeSoto as well, I believe, has a, um, a statement. They call it something a little bit different. And I have to look exactly what it is to be able to tell you really quickly. But DeSoto has a notice of non-discrimination, and I believe on their website. So I would add those two to the conversation. Other questions, comments, Dr. Sinclair? Um, I would just add to that the the policy the policy is is in its clarification is reflecting our commitment and our responsibility to educate every child who comes through the Shawnee Mission door, and perhaps after this we can speak to um, issues of implementation, which I think were reflected in some of the board comments. But in in terms of our responsibility. Um, we are obliged to educate every child and to meet their needs, and that's what the policy reflects. Other board members? All right, it's been, there's been a motion on the table to uh, vote on the motion, and so all those in favor of the amended language, please say aye. 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 Those opposed, nay. And that passes 7-0. I now move to Dr. Fulton to see if you'd like to respond to the other question. Respond to this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. So I think part of it is to review our current policy and practices as it relates to that specific issue. And that's all the comment that I want to make on it right now. I want to go back to the to the book. You know, there there are procedures that we use if, if parents have concerns and we certainly want to make those procedures available to them. Thank you. Well that concludes our meeting. Our next regular meeting is next Monday and that is September twenty third. Thank you for being here.